Welcome to Championship Culture. Got a special guest with us tonight. This is a this is a first. You know, when we first started the podcast, I talked, I said that we were going to get coaches from all sports and we were also going to get local businessmen. And Jimmy was the guy I was thinking about when I said that. So our guest tonight is Jimmy Abdallah. Jimmy is a man of faith. He's a great uh, family man. He's a successful small business owner. He is a former youth coach champion. He's uh, He was a community coach at his local high school, which he just uh, retired here not too long ago from coaching, but he's still a big supporter of theirs. He's an elite fisherman. He's a, a, a world-class crap talker on a fishing boat, and, uh, and he's a loyal and good friend. So, uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for, for coming on here. You know, when, when I started the culture journey, uh, it was easy to find information about IBM or Nordstrom's culture. You know, you know culture pretty much, uh, you know, got, got, in, got started in the business world. But I was always interested in, I, I thought it applied more to sports on how a small business builds culture. And uh, so, so you're going to enlighten us tonight and, and, uh, and, and uh, pull back the, the curtain and show us how things work. So question number one, can you give a one minute elevator introduction? Well, you did pretty good there, Joe, but I'll go ahead here. I am Jimmy Abdallah. Um, I'm married. I have two kids. My wife is a CPA. Uh, one of my kids, my oldest, he's an engineer. He works in Iowa for a company called Vermeer. My daughter, the youngest, she works for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I'm a 1976 graduate of South Johnston High School. Uh, there were 267 in our class. I would have graduated first, except for the 87 people that graduated ahead of me. I'm a 1980 UNCP uh, graduate with a degree in business and then a minor in city planning. I'm the youngest of four kids. Uh, I have World War II parents. My dad fought in the war. My mom was a nurse. Um, we, uh, my business actually got started in 1902 by my grandfather when he came here to this country. And uh, I know you've heard the funny story. Uh, thank God he got on the train up in uh, Ellis Island. He was headed to Selma, Alabama. He got off the train in Selma, North Carolina. And I, nothing could be better because I'd hate to be an Auburn or an Alabama guy. <laughs> so we're here in North Carolina and it's worked out good. Along the way, I've been in the DJ business for 20 years. I was a charter boat captain for 10. I've uh, been in the real estate business and still in the real estate and rental business. Uh, I have my broker's license and I've never used it. I'm in retail right now with my brother. We operate Carolina Apparel and Sports on I-95. Um, we are there on exit 97. That pretty much tells you everything about us. This is our 27th year there. Again, our business originally started in 1902 with my grandfather, my parents, and now my brother and myself. You, you did perfect on that, man. That's a lot of information in, in a little bit of time. Are we off the air? No, we're on. We're, on. we're going. Okay. I, you never told me the, uh, the Selma, Alabama story, though. I thought you knew that story. No, I didn't know that one. All yeah, right. Uh, quick. Huh? He was headed there. Thank God he got <laughs> off in Selma. <laughs> that was a, a, a lucky uh, a stroke of fate. Right. All right. Uh, question number two, how do you find, how do you define culture in your business? 
in our industry, and I'm going to pretty much stick to retail here. I may throw in some things about the real estate and the rental business, but basically in retail, um, sometimes people look at the word profit as dirty, but it's really not dirty. And, that, and, and the reason I say that in our culture, we do whatever it is we need to do and what we have to do to satisfy the public, whatever they need and want, but we must do it at a profit. And a lot of people have a problem with that. But the way we explain that is you treat everyone fairly. That doesn't mean you, you treat everyone the same way. And here's why one of the examples I'll give you. You've got customers that come into your store that ask you for everything and they spend nothing. Well, you're gonna be nice to them and you're gonna treat them fairly, but they may not get all the little spiffs that the guy that comes in there regularly and spends a lot of money. So there's a big difference in treating someone fairly and treating someone the same way. Your better customers obviously are gonna get treated just a little bit better than the ones that don't spend any money with you. Some people make your living and some people don't. So our culture again revolves around treating everybody that walks in our store fairly, but we have to pick the difference between the tire kickers, uh, the spenders and the pretenders. I know you've been in my office and you've seen those lists of things that we interview people with and there's a list and each one of them is a different color of the different things we ask them the questions. And we've had very few people that answered them all. We've had a few that have gotten real close, um, but those things define what we do. So our culture, again, goes back to satisfy and take care of the local people and the interstate highway people's needs and their wants at a profit. Awesome, awesome. All right, so now uh, to the details. Number, question number three. What are the three best things you do to build culture in your business? Okay, well, this is probably gonna revolve around more than three things, so I'm gonna to try to keep it uh, in those areas. But the number one thing that we teach everybody and we try to know, we try to have product knowledge and we try to provide customer service. What separates us from the big boys? Those are the two big things, product knowledge and customer service. Well, the internet has brought a lot of that around. People think they can get online and they can find out everything they need to know and they know all about the products a little more than we do. The only problem about clothing where it doesn't fit in is you really need to try it on because if you grew up on Levi's, and you wore whatever size, you can't buy that size today in four different places and four different brands because it just doesn't fit the same. So we're in an industry that's a little protected because you still have to put your hands on it. You need to try it on. You need to see how it works. Uh, one of the things that we talk about is ZMOTS. And some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may have not heard of ZMOTS, but I'll explain what that is. Zero minutes of truth. So when you walk into my store, we have zero minutes of truth what you ask the question, what is the one thing that we do? And what is the one thing that we could do that's gonna always separate us from everyone else? Uh, interview 200 customers a year, that's four customers a week. And that sounds real simple, but it's a hard thing to do. And a lot of people don't wanna do it because you get a lot of answers that you don't like. A lot of them are true. A lot of them aren't true, but you still get those answers. So you have to sift through those answers and see if that's exactly working for you. But still, you need to do those interviews because it tells you a lot of things about your business. A lot of times they're right in front of you. Um, now let me, we are- Let me stop you there because that, that was the one that jumped out at me. When you, you told me that one before we started, rec uh, started recording, and I thought that was the one, number one, for a small business. I mean, that is just, 
out the gate good stuff. And then for when you when you cross over to athletics, that would be similar to our exit interviews and with the same mindset that you're going to get some answers you don't like, but that's the easiest way to improve is through those those interviews and that, and getting those you know you have to you have to ask the customer, you have to ask the kids and then you got to respond to what they're saying. And you you said before about you got to filter out some of it. But but you're gonna get gold in those responses if you if you're looking to improve your program or your business. So I just thought that one was incredible. I I, I try not to act too excited when you told me earlier, but I, I thought that was the the million dollar idea. Well, I'll give you an example of something that we never thought about. One of my customers brought it up to me and they said, Oh, this was eight uh, maybe fifteen years ago. They said, We never we never saw you were here. We went next door to JR all the time. We never saw you. I said, how could you not see us? Our building is huge. He said, well, those trees were in the way. Next week, the chainsaw came out. Those trees disappeared. Those trees were gone. I had no idea. I ride every day and I look at the store, but I don't see it the same way my customer sees it. So that customer definitely got my attention. So you have to listen to your customers. So that, that was huge for us. That, that's a perfect example, too. Something so simple. And it was such a difference maker. That, that's a great example. Well, you don't know until someone tells you because you walk in there every day. If your desk is a train wreck, you know it's the train wreck, but you don't notice it because you see it every day. And you know that that list is somewhere in that pile. As long as no one bothers it, you know it's there. But when someone else has to find that list, maybe you need to keep your desk a little more tidy. You just need to hear that sometimes from someone else. And that's what those interviews do. Um, what other things separate us from our uh, from our competitors? Because we do have competitors out here. So you have to ask yourself, what are those things? Uh, you have to ask yourself, what does the customer define my store as? How do I differentiate myself from everyone else? Well, that's a personal thing. Uh, when we sold big men's, which we don't sell anymore because the customer base just continues to shrink. But when we did sell big men's, what did the guy think when he came in my dressing room? Uh, we had some people that weighed over 600 pounds, so we had to put a new type of seating in our dressing room because we had people falling there. We had to call the rescue squad to get them up. So what did that big guy think of my store? What does a small guy think of my store? You have to ask all these questions. How does it feel when you walk in my store? How does it feel when you shop? That's very important. You need to know how that customer feels because they need to feel good. How quickly are they greeted? We tell everyone they must be greeted immediately. Now with this pandemic going on now, we have a new greeting. We welcome them in the store and we have a bottle of hand sanitizer at the door and we say, if you don't mind, please get a squirt there. And uh, everybody, I'd say probably in the four months we've been doing it, we may have had a couple of people that didn't want to do it and we're okay with that, but we ask them all. Uh, we want everyone to smile and acknowledge the customer. Even if you're busy with someone else, always smile. It doesn't cost you anything to be nice. Doesn't cost you anything to smile. Doesn't cost you to, uh, to welcome them into your store. Then you need to eliminate pain points. Everybody's got pain points. Well, you go back to your survey. Maybe you don't know what those pain points are. Well, in our business, no signs are pain points. No this, no that, no checks, none of this, none of that, no this. You don't want to have a lot of that around because that creates pain with the customer. Uh, do you have store policies? Absolutely you do, but you don't want to just rub them in somebody's face to make it an uncomfortable place to shop. 
why should I do business with you is a huge question. Why am I getting them into my store? How can I get them away from someone else? How do I take care of them when they get in there? It's a question you have to ask and you have to make yourself special and unique, which takes me to the final uh, part of this. What do I do to make them feel special? What do I do to make my store unique? What do I do to make the experience memorable? And we've looked at everything from uh, popcorn, and I know a couple of hardware stores did popcorn, and I thought, man, that's great. You walk in there and you smell that popcorn, that's great. Well, in a store, in a clothing store with carpet, it doesn't work so well because popcorn brings mice and it brings bugs. So we opted away from that. Well, during the pandemic, we were closed uh, of employees for about three months. So it was my brother and myself running the entire operation for those three months. Well, we knew we had soft drinks at the door and water at the door. And with the customer base shrinking, we knew that they were gonna go bad. So we just started giving everybody that walked in there a soft drink or a bottle of water. And it was amazing what, uh, what that did for people. They were so excited and so happy. So now when people walk in there, if they look like they're hot or sweating, we're immediately putting them on water and soft drinks. Does it cost us some money? Yeah, but it pays for itself in the long run. Another thing that we always try to remember in our business is business is always changing. If you remember way back, we were really big in the suit business. We sold a couple hundred suits a month and that was huge. Well, if you think about it, when was the last time you actually bought a suit? When was the last time? It's probably been a while. Uh, and here's one of the reasons why. When I was a kid growing up, you didn't go to church without a tie on. It just didn't happen. And uh, now when you go to church, probably special occasions is the only time you're going to see a suit or even a tie. What are we selling more of now? We're selling more shorts and t-shirts. So when you walk in the door, you're going to see more t-shirts in our store than you're going to see anywhere. Another thing that we really preach and we teach our employees this, and this is something that crosses all lanes, treats the janitor and the yard man and the plumber as well or better than you do the preacher, the teacher, or the politician, because those people are the ones that are the backbone of your business. You know, I like to say all the time to uh, anybody that'll listen to this, and this is one of my few, uh, I've actually come up with a lot, you know, but this is one of my favorite sayings. Uh, I'd rather be with a friend that's going to help me change a tire if I have a flat than somebody who's going to call AAA. So you always need to be nice to those people that are going to help you change that flat rather than the person that's going to call AAA. Jimmy, that was fantastic. I, the the uh, how does it feel question, that, that relates directly to coaching. You know, how does it feel to be coached by me? How does it feel to be in this program? Uh, acknowledging and welcoming, uh, welcoming customers and our customers are our kids and our parents. Uh, the pain point idea, that was, that's gigantic. Identifying pain points in your program. And then your business is always changing. I think that's directly related to athletics is that, you know, if we're doing it the way we we're doing it 10 years ago and it's exactly the same, something's wrong because it's not the same game it was 10 years ago. So that's, uh, that's absolutely great, man. You hit a home run on that. All right, here's the one you've been waiting for. Question number four. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first got started? Yeah, this is one of my favorites because the big one here, and this is I'm not trying to deflate anybody when I say this, but, and I'll, I will come back around to this later, but the first, first answer to that is there are absolutely no magicians out there. 
You may think there's some magicians, but they're just not there. It doesn't exist. And that's not me saying that. I've been told that by all the old timers. I seek out old timers and I seek out old timers on purpose because there's more knowledge there than any website you'll ever go to. When you find these old guys, you can ask them for a couple of key points. And first of all, they're excited to tell you. You know, I remember when you and I discussed talking to some old retired coaches. And when I go seek those guys out, I mean, they were going to serve me a steak dinner for, for sitting down and talking to them. And I just wanted to hear their wisdom and what they had to say. So we've always sought out the old timers in our industry. Right now we have a resident buyer who lives in Manhattan and she's stuck in her apartment and she's working her butt off for us. We have found the best deals during this pandemic that we've ever found because a lot of people are crying wolf right now. Well, there's no need to cry wolf. It's gonna end, things are gonna get better. But some of these vendors are dropping goods like there's no tomorrow, so we're getting great deals. Another thing that fits in here, my mom and dad, I thought my mom and dad were so dumb. You know, I went to college and I got out of college and I was so smart. And I'll tell you what, after I got out of college and started working full time at this, I found out how absolutely stupid I was. My mom and dad had a lot more sense than I ever gave them credit for. You know, everybody says this, but it's true. And I think anyone that's lost a parent or both parents would say this. What would you give to talk to your mom and dad again? I could have a list of questions from here to next week that I'd love to ask them. What would you give to hear their voice? And a lot of you guys that are going to be listening to this, you got the phones that record and all that. Go to your parents, get some video of them, get some audio of them, ask them the questions. Ask your parents, ask any of the old timers, what are those questions? Because believe me, they know what they're talking about. We're real smart. Oh, we've got computers. We've got all this stuff. But listen to the parents another thing i throw in here now is we really got dependent early on on our computers and all this uh new stuff that we didn't use back in the day okay well still doesn't beat a legal pad and writing something down uh, a girl came by the other day by the store to solicit some money from me she was a uh, uncp uh, girl and we were talking and i said uh she was asking for some alumni's name and I said, you want a pad to write that down? She was typing all in her phone. She had it all there. And I'm thinking, well, she's taking notes. But the problem with taking notes on your phone versus a pad, a lot of people don't think about this. You're doing a lot of other things on your phone. When it's written on a pad, that's all that's on that pad. So it helps you concentrate more if it's written down. And I scream at the coaches now that I'm around. You know, they've got it on their phone. Get it off the phone. Get it on a piece of paper. Get it laminated hanging around your neck where you can see that. You don't need to see who's sending you a message from somewhere else. In my industry, I don't need to know what another store is selling. I need to know what's moving out of my store. And that's one of our, uh, one of our cornerstones is these, these four walls. Uh, doesn't matter what's going on outside of there. I can't pay my bills if Belts is doing this or if this store is doing that. I can only pay my bills based on what we're doing out of our store. And then the most important one, I guess, that everybody says it, but it, it sounds so easy, and it is, but it's harder to do, and that's hard work. you got to be willing to put in the work, and everybody knows what that is. What have you done during this pandemic to get ahead of your competition? And if you ask me that, I'm going to say, well, you know, there were several days that we took rooms and we did certain things. Uh, we, put, we, we just put in a brand-new Carhartt store, and it opened right in the middle of this pandemic, and so we obviously have had a grand opening. So I've scrubbed the bathroom with Clorox to make it sterile. I've run wiring, uh, I've nailed, I've done all kinds of things that I haven't done in a long time, but 
I was there. I wanted to get ahead of my competition. A lot of my competition shut down. I thought, man, that's great because the customers that are there, I'm going to get. So hard work is still the answer uh, among a lot of things when people are asking those questions. Still goes back to forget the magicians. They're just not there. And when you see one in our business, watch your wallet. They're coming for your money. I, I, I disagree. I think your, uh, your record them on your phone was your best one. I, uh, you know, what would you give? I, I, I had an aunt who passed away right at the beginning of the pandemic and her son had several voicemails from her and he played one. And it was the best thing in the world. And I, I actually had a few of my mother on my phone and I accidentally deleted, you know, I did one of those things where I cleared them all and, and accidentally cleared hers. And man, what I would pay to have those back. And I'm sure same for you. You know, if you could have your, your mom or your dad recorded on the phone that you could listen one more time. But I was, I heard something that said, you know, when you're nine, your parents are the smartest people in the world. Then you, when you get to 19, they're the dumbest people in the world. And then when you turn 39, they're the smartest people in the universe. So yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, they, they, uh, Absolutely. they, they get, they get smarter and dumber. And then all of a sudden you figure out they were geniuses the whole time. So you, again, man, perfect. Uh, last one, uh, I guess it's contact information. Yeah. Cause this is mainly coaches contact information. And then, uh, promote you promote your store and, and uh, what you're doing one more time okay my contact information my phone number is 919-202-0777 I'll give you that one again in a few minutes we're at Carolina Apparel on exit 97 on I-95 in Selma North Carolina my email address is Jimmy A at carolinaapparel.com uh, what we do is we sell sportswear, outdoor clothing, and workwear. We are the state's largest Carhartt dealer. Uh, we just put in a brand new Carhartt store. We welcome everybody to come in. Uh, we do not do team apparel. I try to do some for my high school, but we do have a great store in the center that does team apparel, MJ Sophie. I, I don't know if you guys remember the old shorts that all the cheerleaders wore, but they sell that. They manufacture it. They're actually made in Fayetteville. So, we're out there in Selma. We're open typically nine to six daily. Uh, right now we're on uh, COVID hours, which is, uh, it varies from day to day, but it's usually 10 to four and 10 to five. But uh, we'd love for you guys to stop by if you'd like to see us. We'll be happy to help you out in any way we can as far as clothing goes. And uh, one more thing I wanted to toss in there, Joe. Um, it, when, when you're saying if there's anything we want to promote, uh, yeah, I, and I didn't get this in there, but we are big promoters of uh, St. Jude's Children's Home, so of hospital, actually. So uh, if any of you guys are looking for a great charity, we love St. Jude's, and it is a fantastic charity. Love to see you guys jump in on that one. So usually when I when I go to Jimmy, I'm I'm getting money from him. And last time I was in there, they got me. They got me to uh, hit me up for money for St. Jude. So they're they're serious about it. Been supporting it for years and years. So uh, uh, great charity to support. Jimmy, you, you hit a home run, man. Fantastic job, and I sure do appreciate you being on here, buddy. Well, I enjoyed it, Joe. And once again, if you ever need another lesson about how to fish, I am here to provide that for you. Uh, there's not as many drop-dead gorgeous guys out there fishing as like me. And, you know, as you guys can all see that watch this, uh, you know, we do provide fishing lessons at no charge. 
before I before I start the recording, if you ever uh, anyone who's ever fished with Jimmy knows you, you got to have a lot of mental toughness because he's going to harass you the entire fishing trip. So that's uh, it's not just a fish you're against when you're when you're fishing with Jimmy. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you doing this. See you, Joe.